0: From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood, Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here. So here's a few things to jog your memory.
1: Here is Vose. Great dribble by Don Vose, and still Vose. He gets past another. Oh, what a goal, Don Vose! One of the goals of the season. Boy to the defence there. And that is remarkable. The Buller boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain. Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14. Wrexham lead. It's Wrexham one. Chester now. It's McDonough for Wrexham. Still Jerry McDonough. It's not coming in. McDonough round the keeper. Wrexham. Wrexham. to the lead, ladies. If yesterday was a black three. Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined once again by Nathan Salt, and we've got another special guest this week. I'm delighted to say we're joined by Gaz Evans. Gaz, it's the new season. Really feels like it's starting now. We've had Solihull, a double header
2: this weekend. How are you feeling? I'm I'm good. Thanks for having me on, guys. I don't know if special guest is. Uh... <laughs> Is 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 a worthy title? I think just maybe guessed, but um, yeah, to all first game of the season. Um, I think everyone wants to start the season off with with a big three points. Uh, it was always going to be a tough place to go to, opening day of the season, especially when sort of everyone had prepped for for a match against Yeovil. Um, but I'm glad, in a way, we managed to kind of get it out the way. Um, I would have much rather have done that and. Got a, a, a good point in hindsight away at Solihull than be going into the second week of the season like Eastleigh with no games, no points on the board. So, um, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're in a better position than them going into this game, um, even though it is only one game deep, if you get what I mean. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic. Oh, well, you two are kind of, yeah.
0: you're, you're underselling yourself because you've you both got little blue ticks on Twitter that I don't have. So, I mean, very <laughs> special. In there. Um, no, I think, I'll let you say, I mean, I came away, I'm very critical. Anyway, I came away pretty disappointed given that, you know, whenever you concede that late on, it, it's, mm. it's gutting. And, and I'll admit I wasn't there, but the, when I spoke to the fans that were there, they came away pretty positive. We've got yeah. a rubbish record at Solihull. I, I don't think we have managed to get a draw there since 2018. You know, we were never, we're never going to go there and blow them away. And I don't think many teams will go there and get that much change out of them this season. They'll be up there again. They have got a good side, hole and you can look at it. And go, do we get it out of the way early on like that, or, or if we'd have played them on Good Friday when we were supposed to, would we, would the wheels have been turning then, and would we have just blitzed them? You never, you never know. Ifs, buts, maybes. But again, two games it now where, it? It's done. No, no, But it's but, done. but you know, you're looking now. You look, you're looking now at Eastleigh, a good side. Eastley another good side and and not so good side. Yeah, they're not Wrexham so, though, are they? They're not, they're not. They're
1: I, not but... I get what you mean in saying like Solihull, easily we got to give them respect, but this is new Wrexham. Okay, the draw at Solihull was like, there's some things you can change, considering the 94th minute equaliser, you can't change that, no matter who's owning the club. You know, that's just Wrexham to a T, isn't it? But I think we've got to go in it with this new arrogance this season where we might say, yes, yeah, Eastley got given respect, but we've got Blake Paul Mullen up front. He's the dream signing for most teams, Like even from League One down. We've got got to come on to now, James Jones has joined from Lincoln. The squad from top to bottom is unrecognisable for this level. And I know it's just got to take a long time for us to have that mentality shift. But I think we need to have that arrogance. And we... You Know when you go on social media like we all do, we are like the most hated team again, and I bloody love it. Yeah. I uh, for too long we've been people's second favourite teams, haven't we? People <laughs> saying, Oh poor old Rexham in the non-league, I'd love them to get promoted. Now I want us to be hated because that proves that they're scared of us.
2: Yeah, it's um I think for me, going into the Eastleigh game, I don't think I think we've only lost one game against them in the national, and that was that playoff match. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but it still absolutely scars me. Um, Having a perfectly good goal ruled out and then to to go out to a goal like that, like granted, I don't don't think we were good enough to go up through the playoffs that season anyway, but it doesn't stop it hurting anymore. Um, I I think the season after, I think they finished about 15th or 18th, Mm. Um, but last season they weren't that, I think they finished a place or two places behind us last season and we're in with a shout mathematically until like the last one or two games of the season. So, again, they're not a terrible team. I think they've made maybe nine or ten signings coming into this season. So they're going to be possibly unrecognisable coming off what they looked like last season as well. So, um, yeah, but I, I, I agree, Rich. We are that team that everyone wants to beat. Um, and I'm absolutely inject that into me now. <laughs> I'm loving it. Um it's been the most entertainment I've had on Twitter since 2012 when I joined Twitter. So <laughs> like Twitter has been fantastic the last like few weeks, especially, and I'm absolutely loving it. Yeah, there haven't guess... been
0: there haven't been much more tears than uh, than the Cheltenham fans this week, who are very angry and and a couple in particular are just you know very much obsessed with Wrexham and this pursuit of Ben Toza. Now keen to get your thoughts. I mean, not someone, not a player that I've tracked massively i'm gonna be honest but you know mm. captain of Cheltenham town clearly someone they don't want to lose and, and we were saying weeks ago rich about we still thought we were going to go out and get i know luke young's been skipper now, but we were saying that we're going to go and get someone else's captain the season started and it looked like we weren't going to get that it looked like we were just we, we'd got aaron hayden as a kind of carlisle vice captain and and it now seems that we're, we're really determined to get bento's i mean 60k that was described as derisory and gone in with mm. 120k. Who knows, might be another one at 150k. It seems like he's very much available if Wrexham can get can meet the price. And yeah, I think Cheltenham fans will be sharpening the pitchforks to, to come to the Kairas, I think.
2: Definitely. So that, I mean, it all started with the Callum Guy rumours, didn't it? Because obviously we'd taken Carlisle's <laughs> vice-captain to then go and have the audacity to, to even think about taking their captain, um, Oil Money Wetson you know yeah it was <laughs> and i mean, that, that that's become a massive thing now and again i i eat that up I, the, the 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 saltiness coming from some of these these fans is is amazing and i'm i'm loving it and it's nice to be the, to be that bullying team and not be mm. that team i mean the last what maybe 15 years we've been that team where as soon as we've had a half decent player um your Neil Taylor's, your Curtis, so but like they've just been taken from us. Um, Lee Fowler was probably the biggest one that we had like that season. If he hadn't have gone to Fleetwood, who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and and we lost Curtis that that year as well. So that 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 was two massive players. Wait, anyway, it was the same season, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 If we, if we hadn't have lost those two, who know? Who knows? We might not have even been in this position. So circle of life. <laughs> It's um, what, what goes around comes around. But it's really nice for us to be in this position where we are really putting the shits up people with, with our financial backing. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's refreshing to be that team for a change.
1: Yeah, it's nice to, you know, like we say, we always talk about being the biggest team in the league and now we're, act- we're acting like it as well aren't we we've got that arrogance back but, but we need because you don't get promoted being nice guys we've seen it so often mm-hmm. that the teams who go up whether it's playoffs or not you know they've got to be hated and I feel like you know, the 98-point season team, we had bastards in that team. You know what I mean? People hated playing against us because we were so rotten. You know, we, we had all the tricks in the books. We'd play however we had to to win. And I feel like we're getting that back again now. And, you know, I think on Tozer as well, I spoke to the, the contact. I, I referenced those weeks that my olden friend, Joe, who, who works at the MEN as well. He's a Man City writer for us. And when I mentioned Tozer to him, he was astounded because he said he's one of the best centre-backs in the league. He says, you know, he's no-nonsense you get exactly what you want. He's just that sort of archetypal captain at the back, which, like we mm. said, I think we need. And the other thing that's been missing is we, we keep on talk about Parkinson as his defensive manager. He very much is going to be someone who wants to build it from the back, have lots of clean sheets, and then we've got the strikers now in Hyde and Mullen who can nick those goals and, and turn those draws into wins when we need to. So I think having a defence is is high on his priority list, and I think Toza would be the the perfect way to to finish the summer, really, for me.
0: I think you, you lose Sean Pearson, which yeah, I was very disappointed at the time. I know others were not just because of what he gives you on the pitch. It's, it's what he gives you off it as well. And just and just, the, just a cracking bloke, it seemed, you know, just a really good bloke who found, I think fans were desperate for him to take us up just because of what it would have meant. He, he really took to the area. But you think if you can flip a Sean Pearson, go to Grimmsby, and you can end up going three at the back with a Sean Brisley, um, ben Tozer and Aaron Hayden. I mean, <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know, that's, <laughs> that's un- that's, that is that's unbelievable. With all due respect to Sean Pearson, mm. that that's incredible. As, as a back three, you think with, say, first choice, you get those three, Cam Green, Riesel Johnson and Rob Lainton. I mean, show me a better defence in the league than that. Or show me a better defence in League Two than that.
2: Who Who do you think or do you think Pearson would have fitted into that back three with with these three defenders would you have dropped someone from those three or do you think it would have been Sean sitting on the bench it's really tricky to say isn't it I
0: think I think Sean could have slotted in say the, the middle of a three flanked by oh yeah I, I honestly believe that Sean could have played with it with an Aaron Hayden mm. and and a kind of um or or Tozer I mean you've know, actually got to get the deal done for Tozer yeah. <laughs> you hope you'd hope that you know that that does happen given that it's, again it comes back around there that we're under that we're under constraints that others aren't in terms of you know we've got to get business done before yeah. before the deadline which is how it is for us we know that but on a front to back when you look at and I, I know you're talking about a 98 point season rich But when you look at the actual on paper quality what with that squad it was like they were almost outperforming you know their actual abilities i think you know in terms of some of the players in that squad were just really good non-league players working yeah. hard. These are an actual football league quality players.
1: Season. Yeah, and a lot of people in that 98 eight-point season. You've got that revisionism, but most of them wouldn't have had offers for football league clubs at the end of that's the right. season, even you know even if we had gone up probably. And that's the harsh reality of it. But you know, Rob and Ryan said it since since they took over, and it's the fact that they just want to get a football league squad assembled because if you're in non-league and you've got a football league quality squad. Naturally, going to be at the top end of the table, and you probably will go up because that's just the, the nature of it. And, like I've said before on the podcast, that if you've got Football League players, even if they have a bad game, their bad game is non league, you know, good level. So, like, I know there isn't too much of a quality gap between League Two and non league anymore. It really has shortened in the last few years, but just by having players who are too good by that level, the results should be a byproduct of it, really. So, yeah, Ben Toza for me would just be the perfect, like I said, the sort of cherry on the icing on the cake just to finish off that summer and I really would be confident then about a promotion push because you know even when we've been getting good players in the summer I've still had that sort of like I said that old Rex mentality of thinking oh we're not
0: quite good enough there's always something missing Mm. but that team is absolutely unreal. Mm. I mean Gaz you were talking about Callum Guy and I was I mean that is a player that I I have seen more of and I was kind of excited for that I thought you know Whetsam and all that eh, Carlisle would have been furious but (laughs) You know, joking aside, I thought, especially when we were chatting about the, the whole Dean Furman thing, he didn't get kept on and, and people were quite impressed with him. You know, with all due respect to that situation, I mean, he's now gone to Altrincham playing under a different Phil Parkinson. And, uh, you know, we've we've now gone and got James Jones on a three-year deal. We're giving out three-year deals like confetti. I mean, in terms of we're throwing them around like that, I mean, it's unbelievable for Wrexham to kind of, I don't know. It's just rare, isn't it? That I'm used to just some doling Long out years. twelve months, con- yeah, yeah, twelve month <laughs> contracts and offering players zero security, and we're, we're scrambling around for players. But we were crying out for a midfielder. I think you kind of following that game at Solihull and as much as Jordan Davis, incredible player, Luke mm-hmm. Young, a brilliant player, we are sort of just lacking a, a football league midfield maestro, if you want someone to run the show behind those two or alongside Young and. Can free up Davis because we don't want Jordan Davis in a in a CDM role, and at the same uh-huh. time, David Jones isn't gonna. And at the same time, David Jones isn't gonna play as much. as He scored a worldie. I mean, that's gonna be up there for Wrexham's goal of the season. But at weak the same time, well. yeah, we, <laughs> But at the, at the same time, we we can't expect him to play every week. 35-36, You know what I mean? So, I mean, what what were your thoughts on on this on this James Jones signing out? Oh, it seems a brilliant pickup.
2: I mean, I it, it wasn't a name I'd even heard mentioned. Um, and you dropped me a WhatsApp and was like, I've heard the name. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. When, it, when it came through, I spoke to a few Lincoln fans on Twitter. And I think I think he was injured just before COVID and then struggled mm-hmm. to get back in the team. But they said like he was more than capable to be uh, a League One starter. Um, can do everything. Uh, loves loves a long range shot, so you know that's always going to go down well if he's yeah. if he's sticking in a few top bins, um, and yeah, like you said, you want someone sat behind Youngi and, and, and Jordan. I think to have Jordan in that centre defensive uh, centre defensive midfield role is a waste because he's young, he's tricky, he's going to scare people running at them, um, he's going to make make defenders commit, he's going to create space for for Hyde and, and Mullen. Um, and I think that's a quality that we can't be without. Um, and if we've got someone like like the Lincoln fans are saying, that have got a little bit of everything, um, I just hope he's got that nasty, horrible breakup play style to him. I mean, yeah. that's something that I I really wanted with the second spell of Jay Harris. And I know he had his, his issues with injury and stuff, but he was that player in his first spell where if we did have our backs against the wall and a team were overrunning us a bit, he'd put in that big, nasty, hard tackle, get the crowd behind, everyone would get behind it and it kind of spark us into sort of moving the ball a little bit better and and, and starting to build a little bit of play. Um, we haven't got that at the moment. And being a 35 year old man, I can, I can sympathise with Jones as an athlete, you know, you, you, you can't do it every week. But, um, and yeah, we, we might get two or three weeks out of him. And then a bit like it was with Glenn Little. You know, imagine if Glenn Little could have played like he did in his 20s. You know, that would have been a different story as well. But you were only getting 20 minutes, half an hour, maybe a couple of games and then a couple of games off. So um, I think getting him in in that coaching role as well, um, we're, we're, we're making the most out of of, of his um, contract, really. And, and when he's not playing... We're getting we're getting work out of him, which is I think a really positive thing. Um, but yeah, um, I hope James Jones is that is that sort of like nasty catalyst um, that that we really yeah. need in a, in a in a CDM.
1: Yeah, you need that nasty. And I think as well, like fittingly, when we we will play this Grimsby clip in a minute. When we last played Grimsby in May, they just bullied us because they had that experience and they were streetwise in midfield. There. They had O'Brien who ran the show and they just couldn't not get near not them.
2: Yeah, not not black and white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they did.
0: But you you were there. You were there to commentate on that, Rich. And and that the first thing I text you, watching that stream. They bullied us midfield. Yeah,
1: they absolutely bullied us. And that's what we need. And that's what I like, Gaza. That's why I'm hoping, you know, Jones brings in because you've got them. Then you can play the Jones double pivot, which will just cause all sorts of mayhem on Twitter when you post posting those updates. But like when he's not playing, then you can have Jones. James Jones is the the CDM and having him alongside Luke in, in a two-man holding midfield. Or maybe mm-hmm. hey, when Joe, David Jones is playing, you can have him further up ahead and unleash someone else. So, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, squad depth there. And I think particularly looking at this weekend, Eastley and Notts, like I said, Notts, um, you know, we've got that squad depth that other teams don't quite have. You know, we, there's so many players who, who could play in both games, there's players who could play in just one of the games, but the squad doesn't really get weakened. You know, there's a few key players there, but I think that that's something that over the past few seasons, cold days have often killed us. I can't remember the last time we had a bank cold day where we won the Saturday and the Monday match.
0: I think Gaz makes a good point, though, about bruises. Is it Football league players, you don't get many of those. You don't get really many... Sort of Lee all Jay Harris types. Mm. They're often a lot more technically sound, and I think we've been in non-league. What's year fourteen now? We've become used to just absolute you know shit houses. They're just gonna go through players, and ultimately, as much as Jay Harris been a brilliant servant for us, we, if anything, we we all just want to play teams off the park. That's the way I think. I think I think you're right. We need that bruiser. Is James Jones gonna? I mean, look. Like you say, I saw you'd had some back and forth with Lincoln fans just to get an idea, and others did as well. Mm-hmm. And James Jones had his issues with COVID. And, and you know, I think before that, he played 35 league games for Lincoln and was, you know, they helped them finish fifth or whatever they finished. So he played a, you know, it wasn't completely on the periphery. He played a, a good chunk of the season, and Michael Appleton's not been able to get him back up to, to where he was. It's really difficult to now. I mean, for example, someone like Ben Tozer, who often plays in the, centre of a back three. I mean, could he step out into a CDM role and be more of a actual defensive midfielder? I think James Jones described himself as box-to-box, box, wants to chip in with goals and assists. It doesn't really sound like a kind of Brad Walker type. It sounds yeah. like he wants to be the all-action midfielder. So, you know, is he Jay Harris mark too? I would probably say no. But until we watch him, hopefully he can play easily, or, or if not, plays on Monday against Notts. It's really tricky to say, but I, I think... I look at that squad and I don't know if there are that many complete bruises in there. I don't know. Mm. You know what I mean? I think I think we've got a lot of... You know, we've got a midfield of Luke Young, Jordan Davis and James Jones. I mean, technically really, really good players. Are any of them going to completely snap you? I mean, obviously we talk about Luke Young at Newport when he went in with that horrendous challenge and... uh like a one-off. You don't
2: see him yeah, doing exactly, that very often, Yeah, exactly. Do you? You, you don't <laughs> see him doing <laughs> that. I
0: mean, he's got it in his locker, I think. But, he, but look, he's not going to... He's not going to be like prime Keats or Harris or anyone like that. He's really going to sort of snap you in half. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know. Look, all I would say about this league, and I'm, I'm not trying to downplay how great our squad is. I mean, this is the best squad we've had in our entire non-league era by far, quality-wise yeah. on, on paper. But it's a, it's, a, it's a hard as hell league to get out of. I mean, it's essentially the title or bust because then hmm. you have to go into the playoffs and we've, we've, we've had many run-ins at Eastley, Newport, hit you know what I mean? So, so we've got the squad that can 100% go and win the league by country margin if we wanted to, it's, hmm. it's all there, it's all set up. I mean, look at today when, uh, it's a Wednesday, we got announced about a new physio from Republic of Ireland, you know, and he'll be able to keep talking about, he wants to set up a Premier League level kind of uh, physiotherapy department and guys I mean you're you're an athlete yourself you know the the especially kind of some of the kind of older players the importance of recovery I mean even I saw someone talking about players traveling down the night before to play solihull you know not traveling on the day and I you know I'm not a pro athlete so I don't know the the struggles and strains of of the body but especially when you've been training and competing do you do you, do you think that people outside are maybe not taking into account the recovery because you think we're going to have Eastley, which will go down beforehand. And then we got knots. It's not easy, is it, to keep turning around?
2: Definitely. And I mean, especially for the older players, I mean, sitting on a bus for a few hours and then getting off and being expected to move around. Like, have you done it when you've watched too much Netflix and you've got, uh, it's it's exactly the same. Um, Trying to get your body to perform to sort of its physical limits after being sat down for a few hours is a hard thing to do. Um there's loads of things you can do to, to sort of like help prevent this. Um being up and about beforehand is is a big part of it. Uh when you're traveling as well, you get a little bit lethargic, you've been sat down. Um and and yeah, I just think it's a sensible thing to do. And if we've got the money to be throwing around to stick the lads in hotels the night before, why not? Um, it, it it's not like we we have that constraint anymore. Um, I see the new physios come in with the um with a with a green tick from Louis Malt. So I don't know where Louis where Louis work, worked with him as well, but obviously he put out a tweet saying, great guy, great physio, you're going to a great club kind of thing. So um yeah, I mean, any any anyone we can add to this to this team, whether it's on the pitch or or in the staff room, is is gonna be a positive. Uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, especially if they are in from being within international setups, because I think he's uh, been physio for Republic of Ireland. Yeah. That's so it, yeah. Um, you know, bringing that experience, working with I don't know, whether he worked under Roy Keane with Roy Keane or or what, but working with players of and, and, and staff members of of that standard, bringing that experience in is 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 only a good thing, as far as I'm concerned. And he'll have protocol in place that he likes uh right i want to send the lads down on this day they need to get this much rest they right i'm gonna go down myself get them on the massage table just loosen them off before the match we need x y z amount of time you know he, he'll have his way of doing things i think and um and and, and if that gives us that one percent you know it's a it's a game of fine margins ultimately uh off the pitch um it's it's those one percent that can ultimately create big big results so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all positive moving forward.
0: As we said then, Rich, before when we got confused between Grimsby and Notts County, very much Notts County, we spoke to Paul Mace, who is host of the Magpie Circle podcast, covers all things Notts County. It's a really good podcast for everything. I mean, not that we need to track Notts County. Hopefully we'll be in two different divisions come next season. But team up the Monday game, we spoke to Paul uh, earlier this week. So, as we said at the beginning of the show this week, got to get a Knotts County perspective before the big bank holiday Monday game. Our first home game. Rich will be there with the season ticket. I don't know where you'll be in the stands, Rich, given there's no tech end. But we've got we've enlisted the help of Paul Mace, host of the Magpie Circle podcast, All Things Knotts County. Paul, thanks for coming on. I guess the question we've got is. What should we be fearful of with this Notts County team? Who are we going to be scared of? We've seen that you absolutely tore Barnet apart
3: on, on the opening day. What is this group like? <laughs> um, on the basis of 90 minutes this season, um, pretty good. Um, but sadly, this will be, and although we can't really compare with Wrexham, this will be our um, third uh season in the National League since relegation. So the fact we're still here will tell you that for the first two seasons, we weren't able to get out of it. Um, we made the playoffs on both occasions. Um, unfortunately, weren't able to um, complete the task. Um, I think what you're probably going to see um, are on Monday evening um, is clearly uh, a team that has quite a different philosophy of playing football um, under the new head coach, Ian Burchenall, compared to Neil Ardley, who did do very well at knots but couldn't quite get over the finishing line. Um, Ian Preach is very much um, a total football attacking philosophy, if you like, Um, and that was clearly vindicated in the opening game of the season with five goals in the second half at Barnet. So you will see a side that looks to play open Um, expansive football Um, the challenge historically for a year or more has been the club's uh, difficulty to defend set pieces crosses into the box that sort of thing Um, on the basis of 90 minutes at Barnet I think most Knox County fans think we're going to win the league with 100 points and all the rest of it clearly Um, uh, there's an awful lot of work to be done um, and I guess Wrexham are in a not dissimilar position to ourselves at knots in that there there is a huge weight of expectation and burden on the manager and the players to deliver week in and week out and in the same vein as you are only ever one game away from thinking we're going to win the league, you are equally only ever 90 minutes away from um, woe is me, uh, it's the end, we need to do this, we need to do that, we're rubbish. So um, 45 games to go, uh, an awful lot of ups and downs, I suspect, for both clubs, um, but both clubs, probably above all else, are going to have to cope with the, the weight of expectation.
1: I was at the game, fortunately enough, in May when we lost 1-0 to you. What What's changed over the summer at Notts? Uh, it seems like the core of the, the squad are still there. Rodriguez and Wooten both scored on the opening day for you. Have there any, been any significant changes in the summer at Knots?
3: Well, I think the first thing to point out from when the two sides last met, we were incredibly lucky that day, if I recall. Um, I think you probably could have been two or three up in the first five minutes. I think if memory serves, you had one of your main strikers went off injured early on in the game. That uh, was it, that, and...
0: that was at not, wasn't it, when we lost uh yes. Ponticelli. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
3: Yes, I'm getting confused. My my apologies. No, but you're right.
0: That we should have been two or three up in that game. Yeah. We, I don't know how that happened. We didn't. Um but the game at the race course that Rich was at, I mean, you, I forget the, this first name, but O'Brien in the midfield, I mean, absolutely bossed us. Uh, and is he still a key part in that midfield? And, and as Rich said, have there been any major personnel changes that we should be looking yeah, out for? OK,
3: so let's just pick on Jim O'Brien. So Jim has signed a new two-year contract and we, ha- we had kind of two more mature Um, central midfielders last season that normally played every game. Uh, One was Jim O'Brien, who's still here. The other was Michael Doyle, uh, the oldest outfield player in the National League on a regular basis at the age of 40. So he has now uh, stepped down from being being a player and is our assistant manager. Um, Jim, on the face of it, will have a battle to start games this season. Uh, He did come on on Saturday uh, and scored. Um, but whether he will make the starting lineup week in and week out is, is open to debate. Um, I guess really, um, you talk Notts County. Uh, and two names automatically get mentioned. Uh, one is Kel Roberts. The other is Ruben Rodriguez. Uh, Kel Roberts, who we have imaginatively titled the Geordie Messi, uh, looks a bit like him. Uh, I hesitate to say plays like him, but has a style that's similar to him. Small left footer jinx in and out. Uh, and I think many people would say Kel uh, looks a cut above Most of what you will see in the National League. Um, Ruben, um, Portuguese player, came in via Dutch football uh, and I think had a tough start trying to acclimatise to the English game. Um, He was left out by Ian Burchen shortly after Ian took over towards the end of the season, brought him back. And, and since then has really been um, a revelation. You know, goal-scoring midfielders at whatever level you play at are always going to be worth their weight in gold. Um, and it was interesting on Saturday that Notts won 5-0, but the three strikers, Robertson and, and Rodriguez, have a fairly free role just behind... Um, uh, Kyle Wootton. All three of those strikers scored. So Saturday was one of those very rare games. We kept a clean sheet as well. First away win. It's one of those very rare games when kind of every box was ticked.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're talking about Notts County. Where would you say? I mean, there's only been one game played, but where have you? Do you think this side is is a weak point that maybe you know Wrexham a kind of we've got our own weaknesses that we've already had a couple of injuries in the first game, but where do you think knots have got the ability to maybe strengthen? You're saying this attack sounds great, but is there any concerns defensively or anything like that?
3: Well, I think to, um, you know, one of the oldest cliches in the book is that, um, you know, uh, any, any league title race, uh, is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, defensively, um, I think there would be a lot of our fans, um, probably took as much much satisfaction in keeping a clean sheet at Barnet uh, as we did in scoring five goals. Um, one of the reasons Knott's weren't able to make it through the playoffs at the end of last season, uh, we conceded two goals against Chesterfield at home, but managed to win 3-2 in the last minute. And then at Torquay, where we went out, uh, we conceded four goals. Um don't attach much emphasis to pre-season friendlies, uh, but we did leak something like eight goals in in three pre-season games towards the end of our pre-season preparations. So clearly... Um, That is a challenge. Um, Much as we'd all like to do what Kevin Keegan threatened to do at Newcastle and win 3-2 every game, um, it's not going to happen, is it? And I must admit, I am a big fan of um, Phil Parkinson. I think he he was an excellent choice for Wrexham. Um, And I would be very surprised if he doesn't focus on um, building from the back, uh, getting the clean sheets, having a strong physical team that is capable of withstanding um, the rigours of what you guys would know is a very long 46-game season. Um, Pitchers at this moment in time are okay. Um, uh, Once we get into November, December, January, February, um, some of the surfaces in the National League and, and understandably so, you know, we at Notts County still think of ourselves as a football league club, which can be a double edged sword, but quite clearly when you're playing teams on limited budgets who in in many instances would operate with a part-time professional staff. Um, some of those pitches are not going to be what you might expect in the football league. And clearly it is going to be harder to play a brand and a style of football um, that Ian is, is setting out for knots. Um, so l- 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 let's see how it all goes.
1: Paul, um, when we you know, look at those scores as well coming through on Saturday, like you've emphasised it is a marathon, not, not a sprint. 5-0 obviously sends those sort of alarm bells ringing for Wrexham fans. Was that a case of, of not being really good or was it a case of Barnett maybe being a bit, bit weak on the day?
3: Um, I think you would certainly expect Wrexham to pose an infinitely more difficult test um, is it still called the Racecourse Grand Wrexham? It's a while since I've been there. It uh, is, uh, the it is I'm, I'm not sure whether you've done some sort of Hollywood A-list um, alien name rights deal or not something. Not yet, not yet. Um, I'm sure it will. Not, not the Deadpool Arena or something. <laughs> um, not yet. I, look, um, I, I think everyone at Knott's um, would be identifying Wrexham uh, as one of... Um, uh, the strongest teams by a considerable way this season. Barnet have uh, had to put together a, a largely wholesale new squad in quite a short period of time after furlough. Um, that um, So we've got Torquay on Saturday, Wrexham on Monday. And um, that is going to um, probably give us a bit of a reality check. Um, um I think Barnet, um, Harry Kew, one of our former managers, is there. Um, then, um, who's who's to say they don't go on a ten-game unbeaten run after that? But I would, I, you know, if you were asking me, I'd be expecting to see Wrexham in the top two or three at the end of the season. And I think if if Barnet managed to get halfway, I think Harry Kew would be very, very happy indeed.
0: So, so you're talking about, you know, the fans. Other fans are looking at Wrexham and, and seeing the money that's being spent and are expecting a a top two, three finish. What, I mean, not obviously, the ambitions to go up, but what's realistic for Notts? Is it that top two, three, or is it the top seven? Is a way where Notts are looking at, or is it they've got enough in in the squad right now to really go for the title?
3: Um, This is our third season, as I said earlier, in the National League. Um, Without a shadow of a doubt, this is going to be the toughest of the three seasons for knots to get promoted. Now, that doesn't mean we won't be able to do it. But uh, this is going to be much tougher. When knots came down, um, there didn't seem to be too many of um, the kind of the bigger football league clubs who find themselves in the National League, who would necessarily got their act together. If you know what I mean. Knots were the big spenders and were by far the biggest spenders uh, with budgets from players that have come down from the Football League. Um, in the first year, Knots were down. Um, know, let me have to remember now. Uh, Barrow won it when the season was curtailed prematurely. Mm. Uh, and they were probably the best team. Um, Harrogate finished second. We finished third. Uh, and if, you, if you're asking me for the single biggest regret, Knots um, basically blew it in the playoff final against Harrogate, where Knots had the experienced team with players that have played at Wembley. Harrogate, very good team, um, but clearly it was very much new territory for them to go to Wembley. We were two down in a matter of minutes. We were very, we played very poorly, and I think that was that. That has been the single bitterest pill to swallow um, for Notts fans since we were relegated. Um, last season, um, we were kind of never really in the, the number one spot chase. We were kind of always in and around the playoffs. Um, and of course Sutton were, were the most consistent team. Torquay caught the eye early on, but if you look, so the four teams that have been promoted in the last two seasons, Sutton, Torquay, Barrow and Harrogate, um, And not too many of the other big football league clubs were pushing particularly hard. I think if you look this season, um, there is clearly yourselves who um, dominated all sorts of headlines, huge publicity for the club, um, making some um, very good signings, players that perhaps you wouldn't normally expect to drop into the National League. But Wrexham are not the only team who are doing that. Um, Clearly Stockport, have got their act together after several years out and have a big fan base, Stockport, Wrexham, uh, and Chesterfield, who've had one or two challenges since they, since they were relegated and flirted with dropping down another division. Um, they've got James Rowan and his win percentage since going to Chesterfield from Gloucester is little short of miraculous. And of course, the the signing of Shimanga from Boreham Wood has attracted an awful lot of interest. They've got James Rowe as well. Um, You throw in the likes of um, Dallas, who's gone to Solihull Moors, uh, I think he yeah. scored against you guys. Um, uh, so he's, you know, I, I tell you what is interesting and clearly, you know, you'll hope your man finishes top. What, are, you know, there's, there's a race to go up. Uh, there's also a massive race for who wins the National League golden boot. You know, I reckon you're looking at 30 goals plus to win that this season, you know, with Paddy throwing Paddy Madden at Stockport as well. You, you have got probably five or six strikers across Five or six clubs, you know, who are all all capable of scoring twenty goals plus in the football league.
0: So, Paul, to, to kind of cap it off, we, before we came on, we were talking about memories between the two clubs. What, what what are your memories? You know, what what can you sort of talk to about Rexham and Knots and, and the crossovers you've seen in your time following them.
3: Yeah, well, one of the people I've kind of worked, had my own sports public relations and communications company. um, And I was at Leicester City for many years. So one of my good friends is Robbie Savage uh of course uh born and bred proud uh, i'm not quite sure what the derivative is from wrexham but he's a wrexham boy um mum is still there i believe uh and we've done one or two podcasts with robbie talking about wrexham and when he was growing up and going to games uh so i know uh robbie very well and we always have a bit of a chat about wrexham uh and knots. i also by the way from off the circuit know mickey thomas very well And of course, Mickey's very synonymous uh, with Wrexham with that goal. Um, I can remember going to Wrexham long before either of you two were born uh, in 1980. It was the 80-81 season in the second tier of English football. That was the year, believe it or not, Knox uh, got promoted into the top flight of English football. And I went to Wrexham, uh, got a point and um, that, uh, quite sadly, uh, for those of your listeners of an older disposition, um, was the weekend of when Johnny Owen, the Welsh um, international boxer, fought for a world title and sadly um, died as a result of injuries he sustained in the ring. Oh, uh, it's kind of one of my memories. That was the weekend when Knox went to Wrexham. Um, and sadly, a couple of, uh, probably about, 12, 18 months ago now, um, I had to go to the funeral of a former Knotts County and Wrexham player, Mick Vinter. Uh, Mick was quite a prolific striker for Knotts. And Wrexham, and we're going back to the late 70s, paid about 10,0, £150,000 for him, which was a lot of money uh, in those days. Um, it is actually quite a long time since I've been to Wrexham. So um, I'm looking forward to going. Um, uh, I bought my ticket. Um, what, what what's the stadium going to be like because we, we keep you've capped season tickets haven't you that you could sell more um, I, I mean is the stadium still quite big and you can't necessarily get as many people in it because of development works that's ongoing
1: yeah so the two end behind the goals will both be out of action during the, the match against not so it'll be the only game hopefully where we're only restricted to two stands. The the, the tech end, as, as we know it, which will be to your right from the away end, will be opened up from the Woken game on the uh, 11th of September. But the old oh. cop end is still out of action. They've taken the barriers down now. There's now a big advertising uh, sort of. I don't know what to call it, really. On, on like a banner, tarpauling. isn't it? A ba- like a yeah. yeah, tarpaulin,
0: a banner. But it's. Which it, I know Knots have got a thousand fans. Yeah. They've got upper and lower. I, I, I'll assume you'll. I mean, it's a Monday night game on the telly. I assume you'll take a, you'll fill out, you'll sell the thousand, do you think? Yeah, or?
3: I, I mean, clearly with it being 7.30 on a bank holiday Monday and it's on the telly, uh, I, th- I think, um, you know, we would have sold a lot more than a thousand if, if, if it wasn't for those. But I would expect us to get rid of all those tickets. We took about 1,100, 1,200 to um, uh, So, And clearly there's a huge, uh, huge mood of optimism. It is a slight shame that a game of this magnitude uh, isn't kind of on a Saturday, but, you know, yeah. I'm sure it will be um, a great occasion. So so what you're saying, guys, is a subject to us selling our allocation. Will it effectively be a full house then in terms of... Yeah,
1: there'll be as many tickets in? sold as, as possible um, in, the Wrexham, in the Wrexham ends, like we said. Season tickets capped because we can't sell any more because there's not enough capacity left with that one standout of action for the first two games of the season, more of those... The Uval game got uh, cancelled because of their COVID outbreaks. So we played Solihull instead. So now it's just down to one game with two stands, which is the, the Knots game. But after that, it will be back to three stands. There'll be more tickets sold, more season tickets sold as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a really good, compact atmosphere, I think, for that game. And hopefully a good game of football as well to, to treat us
3: all to. Good. Is, is your A-list owner going to fly in on his private jet?
0: Well, that's the big question. That's the big question. I mean, it's not uh, from what I've gathered, it's not nothing set in stone. But it, it it wouldn't surprise me, you know. First game of the season, we'll have to wait and see. But Paul, I just want to thank you very much for your time. You know, we will wish you all the best for the season after you, the final whistle goals. Uh, I, I'm I'm personally expecting I don't know about you two. I'm expecting a very nip and tuck game. I don't think we're gonna get the free-flowing football we'll see against the likes of Barnet and, and other teams where we'll really try to put them to the sword. It as it often it'll will be, be a the case, piece
1: game isn't
0: it? it? It'll be like a chess match, you know. kind of uh, trying to feel each other out, and I, I'm kind of hoping I don't wake up with a nightmare of Ruben Rodriguez terrorising our mm,
1: temporary yeah. fullback. If it's hoping. a chess
0: game. Black and white usually win, don't they? So
1: uh, yeah, there's not yeah. much chance of
3: that. But uh, yeah, if it's a battle of set pieces, we usually lose.
1: No, interesting what Paul said there. I mean, Notts County, like he said, you know, they've been in the playoffs for two seasons. They've been in a non-league and you know they have very much maybe been in the position that we're in now, that they've, they've always had a squad which has been good enough for promotion, but it's never really gone that that final hurdle and got there. And it does really feel like Monday is going to be the real acid test of where we're at. Because like we said, Solihull, yes, they're tricky. Eastleigh, I, I still fully expect and I'm demanding a victory, to be honest, from that one. Um, but Notts is going to be that real two big teams, big rivalry going into it. The two biggest teams in the league, really. You would say, no offense to to Stockport and Chesterfield, but with the history, etc. Of us, and I think it's going to be a really difficult game. And that's going to be the one where we do realize if we're street wise enough and if we can be bullies, because I think they're the best at it in the league, really, at doing it and winning it sort of an ugly way at times. As Paul Paul said, though, that they're they're quite weak from set plays and they seem to have conceded a few goals in pre season. So. Jake Hyder and Mullen could have a field day, but like like we ended that interview, I do think it'll be a game of set pieces. I do think it'll be quite a gritty one. I'm not expecting it to be a high scorer. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Rex can get the win. But you know, beforehand, I probably would say four points on the bank holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be too too upset with that.
0: I love the fact that he, he described the style of play for, I mean, with all due respect, we're, we're both fifth division teams. I love the fact that he described the style of play in Knox County as total football as if it's some kind of like yeah, Johan Cruyff-inspired uh, uh, fifth division team. I mean, if you play total football, you're not going to last very long in non leagues. So, I mean, good luck to you if you can play total football. I- I'm expecting it to be a little bit less total and probably a bit more itty-bitty. Uh, but first home game, you know, first home game for the Reds, it's going to be packed out. The unfortunate thing is, and, and Gaz will know this uh, all too well, is our TV record is not that good. Um and I, I don't necessarily speak it into existence, but every time we're on the telly, it never goes well for us, really. Um, and so that hopefully we can kind of look if anything, if any, if any season is gonna stop the rot and will not be, you know, classic Wrexham and we're using Wrexham as a verb, we've wrexomed it. It's gonna be this season where we don't have a squad that we've become used to. We have two Hollywood stars as our owners. We've got international level physios. I mean, everything is just completely not the team that we've got used to. You know, going away to Bromley on a Tuesday night or or going down to Yeovil and being stood out in the rain and hearing a goal from outside the stadium. It just horrendous memories, but, we, you know, we wouldn't change it. But, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm sure you can probably agree, guys. unless you're going to say that we're going to play total football and win 5-0. Not is going to be one where, a bit like Solihull, that a lot of teams won't get a lot of change out of them. Beat Barnett 5-0. Yeah, gonna be it's gonna be nip and tuck, isn't it? I, I I think so.
2: I mean that 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 was a big result for them. I mean, Barnet haven't been what I remember Barnet as um, for the last. Well, especially last season, they were they were pretty poor. Um, but five nil away from home, opening day of the season is uh, they're going to have their tails in the air. Especially I don't who have they got Saturday. Torquay. So that's hey. tricky Whoa. one. Yeah. Um it'd be nice for Torquay to put it on them before before they yeah. come to us <laughs> um, uh, are they travelling down to Torquay as well? away at Torquay?
0: Home? that's a good question, I, I don't know um, I mean,
2: I'd, I'd, I'd much prefer if I have a little look now, I'd much prefer them. must be home, they played away the first day didn't they, so this is true, yeah, this yeah, is they true. Three. Oh, it would have been nice if it had been the other way around and uh, they'd had to travel all the way down to Torquay before coming to us <laughs> Uh, that, that, that would have been at home to Torquay. Yeah, there you go. That, that that would have been sort of the, the desired fixture for me, I think. But um, Torquay are going to expect to be having a a, a pretty solid season. Um, they got to
0: bounce back. You know, they lost to Altringham on the first day at Plainmore yeah. so you know they, yeah. they've got a point to prove. Well, and we, so many teams that are just you know Gary Johnson team. You'd, you'd back them to be right up there. Mm. Stockport are spending money. We're the team to beat. People, mm. you know, people will agree. Nots are gonna be up there again. Good good players. I mean, people like in that interview, they were talking about Ruben Rodriguez, Kyle Wooten, you know, kind of good players. Uh but then you look at our team, you think, damn, everyone's looking at us going, they've got yeah. front two of Paul Mullen and Jake Hyde, like Jordan <laughs> yeah. Davis it seems in to forget, midfield. Isn't it
1: how overteamed oh, view was because As Wrexham fans, we're cynics. We always look at everyone else in the league. And, you know, I do think that there's more pressure on us than any other team, obviously. And maybe that will benefit some of the other promotion chasers. But we've just got to embrace this arrogance. And I know I've already said four points from the weekend would be good enough. I guess that is still my old Wrexham ways. It should be six points because we have to win the league this season. You know, that has to be... That is the minimum target for this squad and this set of players and the manager. So, yeah, we've got to have that arrogance. And I just hope we can make a statement because we keep on saying... Big crowds, when there's that expectation when we're playing not to count, you know, you just sense that everything's teed up for it to be a bit of a drab affair. And I think the reason I've got Grimsby in mind is because prior to this, we interviewed Louis Malt yesterday for an upcoming podcast, which should be out in the next week or so. And it was the anniversary game we asked him about. Yeah. And he said that, you know, the pressure of that having a full house sort of had a detrimental effect on the players because they're a bit distracted by the, the actual occasion. And I just hope the fact we've got football league players, the ones who've played at a higher level, who are used to these sort of crowds, these sort of occasions, means that they won't get distracted. It will just be business as usual. And yeah, hopefully we can let our football do the talking because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what we are, we're a football club. Yes, we've got a lot of attention around the world for, for what we're doing off the pitch and what we're doing on it anyway, but let's just hope we have a bloody good football team and a good season It needs to start with a, a full house as much as we can have, anyway, on Monday evening. Yeah, I mean, to,
0: to, to wrap it up for me, to wrap it up for me, I'm I'm, I'm going to throw it to you as well, guys. For me, I actually think it will be four points, but I, I've got a feeling it'll be the other way around. I've got a feeling it'll be a point down at Eastleigh and that we will make that statement on telly. I just think, I don't know what it'll be. I think, you know, kind of, I know we had that friendly against Curzon and people were able to go to that game at home, but, but it's a pre-season friendly and there's about 2,000 fans there something like that. You know, that was very much just a dress rehearsal. This is under the lights, Monday night. It'd be packed out because there's no tech end and it's very much just two packed out stands. And I think you're right. I think there's some kind of early marker to come. And maybe, I, you know, I, I don't know. I'd love to come away with six points, but I've got a feeling that not it'll, you know, that, that talkie game will be tricky for them, much like us all going all the way down to Eastley is going to be tricky. But I've got four points and I've got us drawing it easily and and beating Notts County, so we'll see. I don't know what you reckon, Gus. What do you think?
2: I mean, like Rich said, we should be expecting six points with with the way everything's happened in the last few months. Um, But I think in the 20 years I've been supporting Wrexham, I've kind of... (laughs) Optimism isn't isn't our strong point. Um, Not at all. And there's been a number of seasons since we've been in non-league where I've gone, this is the one, this is the season we're going to do it. Um, we've got to go up this season. And I've built myself up, built myself up, got excited, and it hasn't happened. And I know I should be super excited this season, but there's kind of like a little, little part of me that's saying, don't do it, guys. Don't don't what? get too excited. Not yet. 100%.
1: 100%. <laughs> um, I mean... Yeah. And that's um, what scares me as well, because we've got even higher level to fall from this season. They're like yeah. the sticks are a bigger are losing,
2: aren't they? My, my, my dad's always said to me, like, you know, don't get excited. The league's not won at Christmas. So, I mean, that, that that's something I kind of I think about. So as much as I want us to just be the first horse out of trap, you know, absolutely stonking it from day one. Um, I, I don't think this season is going to be like that. Like you said, you Notts County. I, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think... Someone's going to make a mistake. Hopefully it's them. I would take a scrappy, horrible 1-0 win. Um, I, I, I don't mind. Like, I don't even mind. I do mind. That's a lie. I, I do mind if we don't play well. But the sign of a good team, like winning when you're not playing well. Chelsea were really good at it a few years ago um, before Man City started. you know, They could play like really not, not well at all and, and, and still scrape 1-2-0 wins. I don't mind if we're that team. I don't care how we go up. I just want us to go up. Um, I think it's got the potential to be Wrexham, Stockport, Notts County. I hope Chesterfield are nowhere near. I can't stand them. Um, Torquay. You've got to throw another team in there. There's always a surprise package. Uh, I think it's got the potential.
1: I think Ulti look really good.
2: Yeah, it's got the potential to be a really close season and not be one or two teams running away at the top uh, and it be three, four, five teams, which I kind of really want it to be that exciting nail biting season because it's fun. It makes every fixture really exciting and and wondering what's going on and looking at other results all over the place. But at the same time, I do want us to stonk it by 25 points as well. I was going to say,
0: I'll take, I'll take the most boring season possible where everyone's bored of Rex and we've won the league by Christmas and absolutely no bother whatsoever. We've scored a hundred goals, got a hundred points, but yeah, do let us know what you think uh, for the upcoming bank holiday weekend. Do give Gaz a follow. If you don't already Uh, enjoys uh, one of Gaz's enjoyments, enjoys Uh, winding up other fans or bathing in uh, Cheltenham tears like we all do, which is pretty good fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, do let us know. Uh, You can tweet us at Rob Ryan Red. Thanks for all the support on the Twitter. Do let us know what you think the scores will be over the bank holiday weekend, how many points you think we'll get. And you can also email us, Red at gmail.com. Rich, thanks very much. You're sporting, I know people can't see on the podcast, you're sporting the 150th anniversary shirt. That Louis Malt podcast will be out very soon. Guys, you're not sport. You're sporting the FA Trophy kit, so a, a farm. another another nice kit actually, but not quite Dennis the Menace. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Hopefully, we'll get you on later in the season, and we're we're toasting. We're, we're getting ready to pop the champagne. Let's hope.
2: I hope so. I've got a bottle of aviation gin. I'm going to pop the day yeah. get promoted. But hey, thanks me, for having me on, guys. It's been really enjoyable. Thank no you. worries. Cheers,
0: lads, and right, catch you soon.